Hi, my name is Sean Keyes and you're listening to You, Me and BPD. In this week's episode, I was asked to do a podcast about jealousy, uh, favourite people and insecurities. So, um, I suppose without further ado, I'll try and do my best to see if I can explain it in a way that makes sense um, and hopefully makes sense to you. Um, I suppose that uh, going back then to my own jealousy, you know, and years ago I had no... Um, I didn't feel good about myself, I suppose, would be the honest answer. I just felt like a worthless um, person. So when you don't feel good about yourself, you know, when I reflect back, nothing works. I mean, nothing makes you happy, you know, um, absolutely nothing. And I've said this in previous podcasts, and I do try my best not to repeat myself, but sometimes I suppose you have to be able to... um, I didn't feel good about myself when I was a young man. I'm 43 now. I'm talking about from, I suppose, the age of 13 up until 30. Jesus, when I think about when did I feel good about myself? Um, I suppose around 34, 35, I started getting really good about myself. Um, so from 13 years of age until 34, 35, about 21, 22 years, I didn't really feel um, too good about myself. But when I was younger, I I had an awful lot of insecurities because I didn't feel good about myself. And that's the thing about all of these things, insecurity, jealousy, uh, favourite people, which is what I'm going to talk about today. They're all kind of interlinked when you look at them in a a broader spectrum. Because I was insecure as a young man, I, I tended to feel jealousy. You know, I remember one incident where a friend of mine, he went and joined the army and he asked me to join the army, but I just, I didn't feel right about joining the army. And I have to say, to be honest, looking back now, nothing against the army, but it was probably the best decision I ever made because um, I was suicidal. And for some reason, my mind just went, don't join the army. And, you know, looking back now, I can understand why? Because, I mean, obviously they have guns, which would have meant um, more than likely the end of my life. Uh, so I'm very grateful I didn't join the army. Nothing against the Irish army or anything like that. Absolutely zero against a great great institution in its own right. Um, but for, for some reason, I just didn't want to join it, um, even though he did want me to join it. So I went off and I started doing um, panel beating. And he went off and he started training in the army. And I went. To, I had to move to a different um, county here, County Galway. I moved down to Galway. And although I loved the idea of panel beating because my brother-in-law is a panel beater and I love him so much that I wanted to be like him, I wasn't fucking good at it. Um, I just wasn't. I'm not mechanically minded. As, as, as people go, I'm not mechanically minded. Like, I wouldn't know how to put things together. So... I kind of went into a trade, really, that, looking back upon it now, wasn't really suited for my particular mindset because I don't know how to fix things. I'm good with ideas, but fixing them is not really what I'm good with. But either way, I went, anyway, I went down to Galway and I started learning the trade. And I, I became, I suppose, so overwhelmed with it and now looking back, I mean, I was only a young man doing it. Naturally enough, I was going to be making mistakes. So when I started doing the trade, I started making more and more and more and more mistakes. 
But the problem with me being insecure at the time was every mistake I made reminded me of how useless I was. So it absolutely burned through me each time I made a mistake because it just was one step closer to me being a useless fucking bastard, which is what I thought of myself. So it was crushing in its own way, but I endured it. I stuck with it. I stuck with it. And then eventually I got this job and I suppose it'll mean nothing to you, but I'll tell it anyway. I got this Fiesta, Ford Fiesta, and someone had danced onto the bonnet and danced onto the roof up in the town. And uh, I had to fix it. And I was only a couple of months into the trade. And when I was trying to fix it, and you have to try and put fillers on it and sand the fillers and try and make it smooth again. But literally the whole bonnet and the whole, or the hood as it's called in America, the whole hood or bonnet and roof were just danced on. And I was trying to fill this, and I just could not get it. And it completely overwhelmed me. Because for the first time ever in my life, my father was completely right in a sense of, you are a useless bastard. And that crushed me. So I left. I couldn't handle the job. Now, looking back upon it now, you know I'm 25 years at the job now, Nobody would have been able to fix it, but back in them days, everything had to be fixed. You know, today it would be just replaced. There wouldn't be even any question about it. But back in them days, everything was fixed. So it was a different time, I suppose. But I definitely wouldn't. Nobody would fix it now. I can look back 25 years later. But at the time, I didn't have the confidence, the maturity, or the experience to look at this job and go, sorry, that can't be fixed. Today, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not even going to go near it. It can't be fixed. Back then, when I was a young man, I just thought it could be fixed, and it overwhelmed me. So I left. I walked out with a job. I just couldn't handle her. I started bawling, crying. I felt so insecure about myself that I just left. I got on a bus, and I came home. When I came home, this was about six months into, uh, six months into the job, which realistically, now when I look back upon it, I mean, it was ridiculous. But either way, that's how I felt about myself. Um, when I came home, my friend had just finished training. And in the army, I suppose like any army around any any country in the world, you have to go into intensive training. And I'll never forget, and I, I don't think I've ever told this story, but I'll never, I'll never forget when he came home, he had, you know, he was doing weights and he looked really well and he fucking looked really tanned. And, and I was just miserable. I was fucking miserable because the decision that I made to not join the army, and then I wanted to do the panel beating. It failed for me. And um, I'll never forget, I was down in his house having a cup of tea, and he was telling me all about the train, and, and I actually felt jealous. And it fucking crushed me that I felt jealous, because he was, you know, he was my best friend at the time. And I really felt jealous at the fact that his life was really doing well, and mine wasn't. You know, and I... Went for a few drinks that night and I came home and I took an overdose and I ended up in hospital the next day. So my jealousy, in a weird way, at, at 19 years of age, it, it nearly killed me, I suppose, looking back upon it now. And I've never really spoke about it like this in, in this type of depth. But what it did to me was it completely consumed me as a person. It absolutely, my jealousy completely consumed me in a sense of going, he's after making the right decision. He asked me to make that decision. I didn't want to make that decision. 
and it's after turning out really well for him. And it didn't turn out well for me because I wanted to do something different. You know, so I ended up in hospital and then I ended up in a mental hospital then only for a few hours, to be honest. My brother um, my brother at the time was, was so overwhelmed, he, he convinced the doctors that I'd be okay and he took me out there. Because it was too much for him, you know, to be to handle the fact that I was in a mental hospital. So um, when I when I came out of the mental hospital and I went to therapy, and I'm not going to go into the therapy part about it because it was absolutely uh, no good for me. It wasn't any good. I didn't I didn't find it any good. The only therapist I ever found good was when I done my wrist in, and that's the therapist that was really the change for me. But when I came out. I had to make a decision of either going back doing panel beating, which was horrible because I'd walked away from it, or do something else, right? So what I did is I <clears throat> I didn't. I went off and I'd done a course of machine tool operating. So I'd done this course on machine tool operating, and basically working with metal and stuff like this. And I enjoyed the course, and at the very end of the course then we were going to get a job and I just didn't want to do it. It was going working in a factory, nothing against factories, but I just felt like it wouldn't stimulate my mind enough. It just would not stimulate my mind, and for some reason I just didn't go for the job, even though I got it and everything was fine, and I went back to panel beating and gave it one more go, and just said, look, just fucking try it again. And I can look back now and say that was the best decision I ever made, because... Yes, panel beating for me was a nightmare because I'm not mechanically minded, but what it taught me was to endure the failures, to actually stick with them, to go through the failures. To And trust me, I've failed fucking thousands of times with panel beating and spray painting, absolutely thousands of times, and each time it hurts. But I stuck with it. But to go back to the, I suppose, the reason I'm, I'm saying all this in a podcast was the jealousy part. That was the first time I really felt jealous um, as an adult. You know, I'm not going to, you know, talking about sibling jealousy or stuff like that. That's pretty normal and natural. That's that's a normal jealousy um, when you're a child. I, as an adult, that was the first time I felt jealousy. And I felt so, if I'm being honest, I felt ashamed about it because he was my best friend. And as your best friend... You should feel happy for people, in my experience, regardless of your circumstances, how someone else is doing. If they're your friend, you should feel happy for them. And if you don't, I would argue at this stage of my life, well, then are they your friend? Because at this stage of my life, if someone's doing really well, I feel really good about it. I feel really good inside. Uh, Years ago, I didn't. But at this stage in my life, I do. If someone's doing really well and I'm having a bad day, it actually makes my day that bit better knowing that they're doing well. Um, and if, because jealousy, if if you're feeling jealous towards someone, in my opinion, that uh, is doing really well, well, then are they your friend? You know, deep down, are they your friend? Because friendship is friendship. Jealousy is just jealousy. So basically what I did, going back, what I did with that jealousy was this. I made a choice to actually try and get better and better and better. Because jealousy is an emotion, and our emotions are valid. They're there for a reason. It's not that you should not feel an emotion. Every emotion is there, and every emotion has a purpose. 
And jealousy, I can look back at 43, jealousy is there to tell you that where you are with your life is not good enough. And it prompts you to do better. And that's what I do. Um, I don't really feel jealousy today. And I'm trying to navigate my mind as I'm answering this question. But I don't, I don't really feel jealousy today, if I'm being honest. But back then, I did. And any time I felt jealous, it prompted me afterwards. Because it made me question, am I being a true friend if I'm jealous? Which I believe I wasn't. But any time I felt jealousy, it then just prompted me to do better. To do better in what I was doing, which was the panel beating. And so I tried to improve it, and, and I did. So jealousy, jealousy in its own way, it is that. It's, a, it's, a, it's an insecure feeling that you're not doing good enough. And if you're not doing good enough, then that's the prompt to do better. It's a completely natural emotion that if you feel it, it's really only to get you to do better about yourself, in my opinion. So if you experience jealousy with someone, that's your own body or mind saying, well, where you're at at the moment is just not good enough. You should be doing better. And make it the goal to try and do better then, because jealousy, it's an emotion. And I know I'm repeating myself at this stage, but it is an emotion, and your emotions are felt. Animals feel jealous. It's a natural emotion. I mean, in the wild, animals feel jealous, and that's what drives them to do better. You know what I mean? It's a survival instinct in its own weird way, jealousy, because it'll prompt the other person to try and do better about themselves. That's all it's supposed to do, in my opinion, is to prompt you to do better about yourself. Um, if you're getting jealous and you try and hinder someone else or you try and, you know, do wrong, I suppose, well, that's not the emotion working correctly or it's not working right for you. If you're trying to do someone fucking wrong through jealousy, it's not the correct action. The correct action for jealousy, in my opinion, is to improve yourself. If you feel jealous, it's a natural emotion, and just improve yourself from it. Just actually try and make yourself better. How can I be better about myself? Don't try and diminish it. I don't diminish my emotions now. If they pop up, I listen to them. You know, years ago, I didn't listen to my emotions, and it fucking nearly cost me my life. You know, when I felt that jealousy that time, I mean, I went off drinking straight away. Um, you know, talk about doing the wrong thing. And from drinking then, going into an overdose and ended up in, a, in hospital, in a mental hospital. So my jealousy was the beginning and then the steps I took afterwards got me into quite a lot of bother. You know, if I, if I feel, um, if I felt jealousy, if I felt it today, I know the emotion is there and it's correct. And then I would prompt myself to do better, you know. And I, I definitely believe that's what jealousy is for. Now, if you're jealous, this is the next part of the question. Is kind of three questions and one question. The next part of the question then is, if you're jealous, it's definitely an insecurity about yourself. It's something that you believe you're not worthy or worthwhile or that you're good enough. Now, how I overcame my insecurities was this, because I absolutely felt like a worthless, useless bastard. That's all that was in my head every day. You're nothing but a worthless, useless bastard. And no matter what I did, I could not shake that feeling off my head. Not at all. I, I could have fucking built a pyramid by myself. And at the very end of it, as I stand and looked at the pyramid... I'd find a fucking flaw 
and I'd call myself a worthless, useless bastard because I was just programming myself to feel a worthless, useless bastard. And the worst thing about insecurity is you end up making this self-fulfilling prophecy that you will be useless and worthless. And how I overcame that was I had to start at the smallest of the smallest, which I suppose is going to sound mental, but I had to start with brushing my teeth. I congratulated myself for brushing my teeth. I said, well done, you brushed your teeth, because there was times in my life when I couldn't brush my teeth. I wasn't able to brush my teeth. I was so low with my emotions that I couldn't brush my teeth. So I started looking at how I was actually not useless, how I was not worthless. I started brushing my teeth and congratulating myself for brushing my teeth. Then I looked at other little things, like I'd go and clean up the house or something, and I'd congratulate myself for cleaning the house, washing the dishes. I'd congratulate myself. It sounds fucking stupid, but this is what I did. And every little thing that I did, my mind would try and pull me back and go, nah, but you only what? No, and I go, you only wash the dishes, and I would say, no. I washed the dishes, I dried them, and I put them away. That is good. And that sounds mental, but I'm giving you a very in-depth version of how my mind worked back then to hopefully try and help with this question. But each little thing I did, I congratulated myself on it. Even then when I was working, when I'd done a job, and even to this day I still use it, I suppose I never thought about that now until this question was asked. I love these questions because I do forget sometimes. And then I, I remember that I'm still processing this part of my programming, as it's one for a better word. When I do a job today, uh, I deliberately look for the good. So I look for the good in the job, and then I look for the bad. And yes, it's there, but I look for the good, and I congratulate myself on doing the good. And yes, I will look at the bad, and I go, right, that's all good. There's a mistake there, and I'm going to fix that. So... What I did over time was I completely looked for everything that I did good. I didn't care if I tied my shoelaces. I congratulated myself. And I built up my confidence. You know, I, I, I didn't think I was a good-looking person at the time. You know, uh, I looked at myself one day and I said, you know, give myself an honest appraisal. And I'm not the best-looking in the world. I'm also not the worst-looking in the world. And I was accepting of that also, saying that, look, you're not the best or the worst looking. You know, stop running yourself down. And it's amazing too as well, when you actually start congratulating yourself, and even, you know, like some people say to me, self-praise is no praise, but to me it is, because I had to start praising myself. There was a time when I was running myself down so much that I actually had to start praising myself, because I had but no choice, and I had to start with brushing my teeth. And each little thing that i done, I congratulated myself on it. And over time, I started chipping away at that little fucker inside my mind who was constantly running myself down. You know what I mean? And I started, no, well, I done good today. I done, yeah, well, you made this mistake. I did, but I done a lot of good as well. And insecurity in its own way is that. It's, it's a little CD in the back of your fucking head running you down constantly because you keep pressing play on it. Now, it's hard not to press play. I can definitely say that. But if it's hard not to press play, my advice would be create another CD. Create another CD that actually complements you. 
And self-praise is fucking praise because I know 100% I wouldn't have got better if I didn't praise myself. Because when you're going around looking for praise of other people, you're automatically look insecure. You know what I mean? When you're looking for someone else to validate you, you're fucked in your own way because if they don't validate you, you're fucked. That means then your happiness depends on their validation. So I did learn. I learned how to validate myself. And as I said, the tiniest little things I did, it didn't matter if I went for a walk. Well done, you went for a walk. Fair play to you. You went for, ah, but you can't run. No, I can't run. But I went for a walk. Ah, but you're not able to fucking run, though. No, I'm not able to run. No, that's true. I don't like running. But I walked. And that's good enough for me today. You know, whatever you do, it doesn't matter. Congratulate yourself on it when you're trying to get better out of your insecurities because it really is at the end of the day, no matter how many people you have in your life, at the end of the day, it's still you and your internal dialogue. And that is fundamentally the worst thing you can be with when you are um, in a state where fucking it's constantly running you down. And I know this. I had it for years, constantly. It's never-ending, and it tires you out. So my advice would be to actually just turn around and go, right, I'm going to start at the basics. I don't give a shit if it's tying your fucking shoelaces. Congratulate yourself on it. And everything you do, if you have to put something up on your fridge, I put some things up on my fridge years ago, little ticks. Nobody knew about them. Nobody knew what they were. I just ticked them away. Nobody had a fucking clue. You know, a lot of the stuff that I do and done with myself is going to come out on this podcast over time, because like this, I was asked a question, and, you know, it's triggering me back into an old memory. The amount of stuff that I did that nobody knows about, I did it because it helped me get better. Just like this, congratulating myself on, on brushing my teeth. Absolutely, if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. Because insecurities don't go away by themselves. You have to work at them. You have to start at the beginning, you have to work your way up. And and trust me, every time I tried to congratulate myself, my mind was in there kicking me back down. It didn't just go, oh God, here, this fella's getting fucking secure about himself, I better go away. It kicked me to the ground each time. But every time it kicked me to the ground, I got up again and said, no, I brush my teeth today. You know, and every time my mind would absolutely bury me with, you think you're fucking great brushing your teeth, you're only a useless, worthless bastard. And every time it hurt. And I said, no, I brushed my fucking teeth today. That is an achievement. And so even when I'm saying this to you, you know, it didn't magically just happen for me in a sense that I said I'm brushing my teeth and I felt confident. It took time. And it wasn't the fact that when I'd done these things that my mind just stayed to one side, you know, waiting for its turn for it to talk. It fucking came in at me like fucking a pack of savage wolves ripping me apart because I was trying to congratulate myself. And it ripped me apart, but I fucking stood back up again. The one thing about people with BPD is this. We are stubborn. If you're stubborn, use that stubbornness to help get yourself better. Stand up again, take the fucking slap off your own mind and let it push you to the ground, but you stand back up one more time and go, no, I brush my fucking teeth. And I can honestly say 
at this stage of my life, brushing my teeth was one of my biggest achievements in life because it was the beginning of the end of the bullshit that was in my head. It was the beginning of the fucking, my own internal dialogue wrecking my fucking head on a daily basis. I don't have that internal dialogue anymore. And I'm I'm so grateful to be able to say that, that I don't have that internal dialogue anymore, that, you know, I, I wake up now and my mind might give me a fucking mental thought, if I'm being honest, like, are we bacteria or mental fucking philosophy type thoughts, which I find mental in its own way, but they're funny. I look at my mind these days and I find it a very funny type of mind in a sense of, I'm a fucking mad bastard, like, you know, that type of way. Jesus Christ, you're mental with the fucking thoughts that's in there. But at least my mind isn't wrecking my head anymore. But that just started with brushing my teeth. It started with that. You know, so... If you're insecure, it always has to begin with the smallest of achievements. And they will build up to... Confidence in time. When I started out spraying cars, I couldn't. I'm not mechanically minded. I'm I'm not really good at stuff like that. Twenty five years later, I, I'm a I'm a very good uh, painter. It was a nightmare going through my tread. A nightmare, absolute nightmare. It, it's not like I I sailed through it. It was a fucking nightmare. But I used my stubbornness to stick at it. I didn't want to fail. I wanted to achieve it, and it broke me in two more times. In 25 years, my I there was times when I was spraying cars, and I just I felt so worthless. I go home and go straight to bed. I was just exhausted from the fact that I felt useless. But I would get up the next day again, and I'd try again. And more than likely, the next day I'd fail again. I'd go home again, and I'd fucking cry, and I'd put my head in a pillow, and I'd go to sleep. And the next day I'd get up and try again. And I kept trying. I said, fuck you. I will get this. And my stubbornness from BPD got me through it. It also absolutely crushed me with the pain I felt with the hurt of feeling useless and worthless. But I'm stubborn. And we're all stubborn. That's a fact with people with BPD. We're stubborn. And over the years, I learned how to use my own illness for the correct reasons. I was born naturally stubborn, so I use it. I don't try and look at it now as it's a, some sort of thing that's wrong with me. My stubbornness. My stubbornness got me this podcast that I'm fucking sitting in a room. It, it, it completely and utterly drive to do it and it would not back down. That's stubbornness. You know, complete focus to do it. So your stubbornness is a fantastic tool if you use it for the correct reasons. So... I hope that answers that one on insecurities. If you have any further questions, definitely, you know, I'm not going to say the person who said it, but definitely um, ask me again. And the last thing then is the favorite person. Now, for people that don't have BPD that are listening in on this, there's a big thing about a favorite person, every person with, um, well, I won't say every person, but people with BPD have a tendency to have a person that they call their favorite person. Now, this is going to be a bit controversial, so brace yourselves because I have a completely different opinion on a favourite person. Um, a favourite person is someone who you dish all your emotions onto and you constantly, you know, you give them all of your emotions and this is how I feel today. Now, I hate the word favourite person 
because really, if they're your favorite person, and this is where it's controversial, if they're your favorite person, you must know equally about their lives. So if they're your favorite person, it's very okay to dish your shit onto them. And I'm going to be blunt here in saying this. It's very okay to do that. Because they're your favorite person. Or, your, or you know, a favorite person really. They're your friend. But if they don't... If you don't know equally about them... As they know about you... Really and truly then... All they are is someone who you're just dishing shit onto. You're going to them and going... You know... My emotions are so extreme today, blah, 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 and you take them. And I get it. I get that that's what happens with people with BPD in a sense of their emotions become so overwhelmed that they just want anyone to take it off them. Just please take this shit from me. And basically that's what it is. Please take these emotions. I can't deal with them. Is it fair on them? Is it fair on them to be able to, like, you have to understand something in my experience is this. We have a fucking huge amount of emotions. They're so extreme in their feeling that they're overwhelming for us. Which means if we dish that onto other people, we're actually giving them that exact emotion back. And my argument with a favourite person is, because I'm not over the moon about favourite people, is if you don't know equally as much about them, is it fair to be dishing that amount of emotion onto them and then should it be a case where you know if if you're dishing that amount of emotion onto them how are they going to be impacted by that how are they going to actually cope could they eventually end up having a mental illness themselves because that's a serious amount of emotions to be dishing onto a human being and i'm very conscious when i'm saying this because i know people with bpd quite a lot of them have a favorite person and I've never been asked this question, and I'm always going to be honest. It's not like I'm trying to gain a fan base here. It's not like I'm trying to gain fucking celebrity or any shit like that. It's honesty. Sometimes my answers might not suit, but I can only be honest. You know the type of way? I'm not trying to, you know, be agreeable, I suppose. You know the type of way? I'm not trying to be agreeable so people will like me. That's the last thing I want is to be agreeable so I just am liked. I don't want to be liked. I want to give honesty. And sometimes honesty is not nice. I've experienced quite a lot of honesty. I love honesty. It's fucking not nice. And this is just my opinion. It might not be nice to listen to it, but it's just my opinion. It's not the word of God. So your favorite person, my, my answer would be this. If you have someone who's your favorite person, have the respect to give them and, le- and ask them about their lives. And that way then they don't become your favorite person, they become your friend. And a friend is different. A friend is someone you know equally as much about their life as they know about yours. And friends do share emotions forward and back. I have a, I have like one, like I have two sisters and I have, uh, you know, two fucking, um, two lads who are my best friends, absolutely best friends. <clears throat> and yes, I share my emotions with all four of them people. And, you know, they are, without a doubt, my best friends. Absolutely. I get to dish out my emotions and say, hey, I'm thinking of this. Jesus Christ, you know, my sisters there would listen to all my mental thoughts that I would say, 
oh, I'm thinking about this today, and I know they're fucking mental when I'm telling them, and I know they sometimes think, Jesus Christ, he's fucking mental, but they listen because they're my friends. I know they're my family, but family are just people you're born to. There's nothing you can fucking do about family. I like to call people my friends. If you're my friend, that's really different. But at the same token, I know equally as much about their lives. I know exactly about their children. I know about their lives. I know about their anniversaries, their marriages, their children's birthdays. I know everything about them as well. So it's not just me dishing my shit over to them and then running away. It's I'll talk to them about my life and they talk to me about their life. And that's the difference, in my opinion, about a favourite person and a friend. If you're only dishing your emotions over to somebody because you can't handle them, you know, we are known to be empathic. And I'm going to say this deliberately because it's forcing a thought. If we're empathic in nature, which I do believe we are, you have to consider, is that amount of emotion that you're dishing onto them going to be beneficial towards their life? Or could it possibly give them a mental illness in time as well? Because that's a possibility. However, if you're dishing all of your emotions onto a person and also then listening to their life and how they're feeling in their world and how their life is happening, that's a friendship. So, I, you know, I hope that answers all three questions. Um, if you're going to have a favourite person, try and have a friend. Not a favourite person. I, I, I don't like the word favourite person. It really grates on my... It, it grates on me emotionally because I don't believe in it in a sense. I think you should have friends in life, not favourite people that you can dish your emotions out to. And it's, it's very easy to have a friend because at that stage all it is is you learning about their life. It's a simple transaction. Instead of just going to them and dishing your emotions out to them, pause and ask them, and how's your day? How's your life? How's everything with you? And let them tell you. That's friendship. Every one of us. I, ha- I wouldn't have survived if I couldn't go to my sisters. And I'm saying my sisters, my wife, you know, I, I, I'm not mentioning my wife in this because I, I actually never dished this to her. I, I, I was so concerned about overwhelming my wife with my emotions that I've literally never really dished my overwhelming emotions to her. And my sisters, thankfully, took the blunt of all of that. You know, so... I'm very grateful for them for doing that in my life, to be honest with you, because it saved my wife from getting quite a lot of emotion that she had to then deal with. Um, But I regard my sisters as my friends. Definitely, they're my friends. So, you know, it's easy to have friends when your lives are forward and backwards, but a favourite person is just one way. And I would think about that. If you have a favourite person in your life, have a think. If it's only one way, it's a favourite person. If it's over and backwards, that's friendship. So, thanks very much. Thanks very much for listening. If if anybody has any questions, um, you know, I fucking hate saying this because I sound like a prick, but I don't know what other way to say it. If anyone has any questions and they want to ask me, in my ex- it, look, in my opinion, that's all it is. It's just my opinion. I'm not the fucking Dalai Lama, like... If you have any questions that you want to ask me, I'll do my best to answer them as open and honest as I can. 
I'm not going to answer them, as I said, in a sense where I'm trying to gain friendship or gain uh, whatever. I'm not like that. I think that's the worst thing you could do to a human being is pretend to be fucking, you know, something that you're not. And, you know, oh, yeah, and be really good person. And all. I, I'm not into it. I'm not into it. I can give my opinion on my experience in life. And as I said, you know, I did have an experience of jealousy. I don't feel jealousy anymore, thankfully. And, like, to be honest, if I did... I know it's just to improve myself. I felt jealousy years ago and I felt ashamed about it because I realized you can't have a friend that you're jealous about. I, I have plenty of friends and, and, you know, they're doing really, really well in life. And I love that. I love it. I, you know, I've one particular friend and he's really, really doing well in life. And I fucking love to see him doing really well. And he's really achieving a lot in life. And I absolutely love it. It gives me great joy in my heart when I see this happening. So I really do enjoy people doing well in life. If I'm going to feel jealous, I know then it's just to improve myself. But if anyone has any questions, absolutely, I'd love to uh, hear them. And, you know, you can contact me through Messenger and uh, my Facebook. I have a Facebook. I never really said this before, but I have a Facebook um, site. <laughs> I don't know why I don't fucking promote myself more. Um I have a Facebook site, You, Me, and BPD. I forgot to mention that. It's 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 running months, and I never said it. Um, I'm calling myself a stupid bastard in my own mind. So there you go. There's the internal dialect. Um, I'm not going to punish myself too much. I have a I have a Facebook site. It's called You, Me, and BPD. Um, if you want to go on there, you can message me through there. You know, I want us to be a community where it's not just me talking. I want people to be able to come and ask me questions. I can chat to them and ask them about their life. I believe that's what it's about, you know. So um, I'm going to leave it at that. And thanks very much for listening.